So in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. So today, God willing, we're going to speak a little bit about um, what are some of the obstacles that we have in dealing with adversity? Um, when we look at the example of this man who had been in this condition for 38 years, we see clearly that he had a very, uh, you know, very uh, painful and difficult life. He had a lot of adversity in his life. And yet he was right there on the edge of the place of healing, but he never went in for healing. He never, he never took that step in order for him to go and actually be healed from his, uh, his infirmity. So we're going to speak a little bit about what are some of these obstacles that he might have faced and that we might face when we are trying to overcome adversity. When Christ came and spoke to this man who had been paralyzed for 38 years, he asked him this question. He says, do you want to be made well? Just kind of a strange question to ask someone who has been paralyzed for 38 years. Do you want to be made well? Um, you'd assume that the answer would be yes. But the implication for that question is if you want to be made well, and if you have been paralyzed for 38 years, and if you are right here next to this pool where once a year there's an opportunity for you to be healed, then why is it that you have never entered? Why is it that you have never gone in? Um, the man responded to Christ's question and he said, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. So let's look a little bit about his answer and kind of think about whether this makes sense or not, that this could really be the answer. And again, we're going to speak about what are the obstacles that prevent us from overcoming adversity and the pain or the abuse or the regret that we've had in the past. The first obstacle we're going to speak about is the lack of motivation. Um, Someone who's going through a lot of adversity and pain and regret and uh, takes an emotional toll on a person and it requires a lot of effort and struggle to overcome like the trauma and the abuse that we felt from the past. There's a part that we have to play. And even if we are victims of something that's happened to us, that's causing us a lot of pain, there's still a role that we have to play in order to overcome this pain, um, to change a mindset, to look at things differently, to forgive, to um, to believe that there is still a bright future ahead for us. This man, he was in the right place to be healed. He was, he was in a place where, where he had the opportunity to be healed, but he wasn't willing to do or he wasn't able to do what was needed in order to get into the water, right? So it's important for us to, to think about that. Like imagine an example of a person who, um, what is it that they need? They need counseling, let's say. And a person who has kind of a, a problem that's a repeated problem, maybe something from their past that's um, always uh, making them feel bad about themselves, giving them uh, a sense of uh, low self-esteem or kind of skewing their perception of reality, um, giving them a lot of negative emotions. And we say to this person, um, you know, I recommend that you go and see counseling. Okay. But they don't want to see counseling. They don't want to go to counseling, maybe the counseling is what would help them, but they feel like they have no motivation, they have no energy, they have no desire to stir up anything from their past and to talk about anything from their past. And so they are, maybe it's easier to just stay in the state that they're in and not try to uh, change anything, okay? So in some sense, it's, it's just easier and feels better to not change, to just stay the same as they are. Maybe we tell people, um, you know, you need to pray about this, you need to confess, you need to fast, you need to come to church and take communion more, you need to do something, right? There's something from your side 
that should be done in order to help you, um, but they're not, they don't really want to, right? So we ask ourselves this question is, you know, when we face any adversity, is there some part in me that I'm called to do that I have neglected, that I haven't done? In 1 Corinthians 15, 58, it says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord, that whatever we do work in the Lord is not in vain. Surely we know that God is the one who heals and God is the one who helps us to overcome. But that doesn't mean that I have no part to play. You know, this angel that was coming to stir up this water in this pool once a year so that whoever goes down into the water would be healed, but it would have no benefit on anyone when they do not make any effort in order to go into the water, right? And this is the same thing as our relationship with God is that God is ready to heal and he wants to heal, but we have to also do some effort right? Some effort, some, some, something based on our situation that we have to do. So the first reason why um, we might not be overcoming adversity is because we have a lack of motivation to do what is in within our, within our power to do. The second obstacle to overcoming adversity is having no plan, okay? This paralyzed man, he obviously had some way to live. He was living for 38 years while he was paralyzed, meaning he was relying on other people to give him food, give him money, provide for his basic needs, something uh, in order to live, right? Um, it's not that he didn't have any means at all because, you know, he, he was able to survive, right? So why didn't he have a plan to get into the pool? You know, if it was the case that, um, you know, he would... Uh, like, like he was saying that at the, at the right time, there will always be someone that goes into the pool before him. Why didn't he talk with somebody and say, hey, you know, um, we know that this is going to be the time where the, where the, where the angel comes. I want to be ready to go in the pool. Please help me, you know, for instance, right? That would be a plan. He knew ahead of time that this was going to be happening. Why isn't that he took some kind of action, right? Or maybe he had a plan in the past, but it failed. And after some time, he kind of gave up. And he is, he's not trying anymore. So um, whenever we have some adversity in our lives, we can't just let things play out as they're going to play out. We, we, we need to have some kind of plan to overcome. And, and as I mentioned before, maybe part of that plan is counseling. Maybe that part of that plan is confession. Maybe part of that plan is being more consistent in my prayer. Some, something, right? There needs to be some steps that I say, you know, in order for me to be lifted up out of this negative situation that I'm in, there is something that I have to do. In Proverbs 21, it says, the plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty, surely to poverty, right? The Bible always praises planning, praises those who, who, who have plans. It doesn't mean that our plans always come to pass as we expect, but God wants us to plan. He wants us to think ahead. He wants us to plan for the future. Right, God can help us follow through the plan, right, and to to learn to live and overcome pain from the past. But there has to be some effort that I make, right, in order to to really take this seriously and not just feel victim. Sometimes when we feel victimized, um, we feel like we are powerless and without any control, and that everything that's happening around us is without any kind of, um, you know, no no control from my side whatsoever. And so we feel like I have nothing I can do. But that's not the case. Yes, surely there are some things out of our control, but there's a lot of things in our control. There's a lot of ways that I can 
um, you know, the way the way that I perceive things, the way my attitude, the, 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 the things that I fill myself with, you know, sometimes when we are feeling down, we fill ourselves with destructive things. We read destructive things. We see destructive things. We have destructive thoughts. And all those things keep us from going beyond this, these feelings of pain that I have and not to have any hope and just keep us where we are, right? So it's important for us to have a plan and to follow through with the plan. The third obstacle to adversity we're going to speak about is making excuses, okay? When Christ here with this man, when he asked him if he wants to be well, the man had like a prepared answer ready for him, okay? And maybe others had asked him this question before. He says, you know, why aren't you going into the pool? Oh, well, there's nobody to help me in the pool and somebody else goes in before me, right? So again, the man didn't take any responsibility for his inaction, but he blamed other people, okay? Um, when God questioned Adam of why he ate of the forbidden fruit, Adam also, he had a response. He says, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. So we ask this question is, is it easy for us to give excuses? Do we blame others around us for the problem that we're in today? Do we blame those who have hurt us? Do we even blame God and assign him responsibility for all of the painful things that have happened in our lives? You know, it's important for us to, uh, to, to acknowledge that yes, maybe other people uh, are responsible, at least partly for maybe a problem that I'm in, but then it's important for us to take it upon ourselves to say, well, no one is going to, you know, no one's going to come and do this for me. I have to do it for myself, right? I can't make excuses and assign blame because in the end, that's not going to help me overcome the adversity that I'm in. I have to think of what is it that is my responsibility? What is it that I can do? This paralyzed man couldn't just say, well, other people go in before me. Well, have you thought about a way you can go? Have you thought about a way you can enter the water? Have you asked somebody for help? Have you, have you thought of all of the possibilities that you have? Or have you just kind of given up and you have this victim mentality, right? And, and, and this is why when Christ asked the man, do you want to be made well? You know, is it, is it, do you really want, if, if we really want to be healed, if we really want to overcome adversity, then there's a role we have to play. And that's, that's a very important role. If we don't take responsibility for our circumstances and work with whatever resources we have, then we're really never going to be able to move forward. And instead, we'll just be always paralyzed while at the same time justifying ourselves with these excuses that we assign blame to other people and assign that they are the reason or some other circumstance out of my control is the reason why I'm suffering. Okay. And there's nothing I can do. But if we really look at it, oftentimes there are things that we can do. There are things that, that, that I can do to help me, to get me on the road to recovery in one way or the other. The, the next obstacle for overcoming adversity that we're going to speak about is fear. You know, as much as if you ask this man, do you want to be healed? And he would say, yes, you know, I want to be healed. Okay. Um, but maybe there was an element of fear. I mean, after living for 38 years in the status that he, is, that he was in, and essentially he is living off of, uh, you know, other people who would have mercy on him and, you know, give him food or give him whatever he needs. Now he would start asking the question, well, what happens if I'm healed? Does that mean that I would have to work on my own? Does that mean that I would have to live on my own and have a place to live on my own? 
does it mean that now other people are not going to do things for me and I'm going to have to learn to rely on myself? It was a frightening thing to think of all of those possibilities. Um, the Egypt, the uh, Hebrews, for instance, when they were slaves in Egypt and you would ask them, do you want to be made free? Yes, we want to be made free. We don't want to be slaves. But when God offered them the opportunity to be free and, and the opportunity to leave Egypt, and they did, and then they are now on their own, and they began to complain, what did they say? They said, just take us back to Egypt. Things were easier in Egypt. Even though we were slaves, and even though we had no freedom, and even though it was painful and we had to work, but it was easier because we had a, a predictable routine life where we knew what was going to, what we knew what to expect. But now we are wandering in the desert and you tell us that you're leading us to the promised land. We don't know how we're going to get there or when we're going to get there or what's going to happen. And we feel very uncertain and out of control and we're afraid. So we don't want to keep going. And so sometimes even though we are in a bad situation, uh, we feel like more comfortable to stay in that situation rather than to leave it or to try to change it um, because we're afraid of what the alternative might look like, right? There is some kind of a comfort even in this painful reality that we're currently in. And I don't want to try to go to something else. In the Proverbs 29, it says, the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Sometimes we're afraid, right, of making these changes. So we have to ask ourselves, are we afraid to change our circumstances? Are we afraid to make sacrifices, to make difficult choices, to help us overcome our current situation? And if we find that maybe we are afraid, we can ask God to grant us peace, to take whatever necessary steps there are in order for us to overcome the adversity that we feel and to move on to the next step by his grace. The fifth reason uh, we're going to talk about which there's obstacles to overcoming adversity is that they were, is that, is that we do not seek help. <coughs> Again, this man, you know, paralyzed man sitting by the pool. Um, there were people everywhere. This was a public place that he was in. Um, and, you know, as mentioned before, like there were people that were giving him food and so on. So wouldn't there have been in the course of 38 years, uh, a person to help him into the pool like you would expect that after 38 years there would be somebody that would be willing to help him into the pool um, but maybe he didn't ask maybe he didn't try to find those people maybe maybe again like before he didn't plan he didn't seek help you know for what he could not do himself he didn't seek help from others to do for him what he could not do and proverbs 11:14. It says, where there is no counsel, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety, right? It's always necessary for us to seek help from other people. And some of us find this difficult that I'm called to seek the help of others. But this is actually part of the function of the body of Christ, that when one person is going through difficult time, that he or she can lean on another person who can help them through it. So we ask ourselves, do we seek help when we feel overwhelmed and burnt out and stressed and afraid or need advice? Do we go to other people that we trust in order to help us through these times? Or do we feel like I can do it on my own? Um, sometimes we don't realize that our situations are very difficult for us to bear them by ourselves. And so we don't try to seek help from other people. 
Or do we even ask God for help? Do we feel like we don't need him? Maybe one of the characteristics of the situation that we're dealing in now is that collectively as a world is that we feel that the problems that we face are so big that maybe we don't even know how to deal with them on our own. Or even with our best effort, with our best understanding, with our best choices, we still end up feeling that I'm not able to really deal with the situation in a good way. And this should be something that drives us to God. It should be something that drives us to the one who can, t- who can control things that are out of our control. And certainly with this man um, paralyzed by the pool, there was no way that he could have helped himself, right? He definitely needed the help of somebody else outside of him. And he should have tried to seek that help and, and, and seen if there was a way after 38 years that he couldn't find anyone to help him into the pool, it's hard to believe, which is, again, is why Christ asked him this question. Do you want to be made well? Like, why are you still here after all this time? The sixth uh, reason uh, that we might, you know, uh, n- not be overcoming adversity is that we think that things are going to get better on their own. Maybe because we don't want to deal with any of the above things. You know, we don't want to seek help. We, want to, we don't want to have counseling. We don't want to deal with the fear we have. We make excuses. We don't have a plan. We lack motivation. And all of those things combined, they make us feel uh, that things are just going to get better by themselves. And so I don't have to take any steps, right? Because it's uncomfortable for me to take any steps. So I just don't want to take any steps. Uh, we just hope, wishfully, that things are going to get better by themselves. And certainly there are situations in life where things get better. I mean, it's not to say that things can never get better on their own. It really depends on the situation. But a lot of times things do not get better. Um, and actually they get worse. And we find ourselves suppressing the feelings that we have. We never deal with them. And they translate into kind of an unhealthy attitude that we have in our life and, and kind of... Um, makes us to have unhealthy reactions to things. Um, And maybe sometimes we don't even detect how the pain and the suffering and, you know, that we've experienced in our lives is adversely affecting our personalities, is affecting who we are, is affecting the way that we speak to others, the way that we react to others, that we have unhealthy thought patterns, all those things because we have not dealt with suffering. We have not dealt with the adversity that we have faced And we have just tried to suppress it because we don't want to deal with it. So we shouldn't let the past haunt us, whether consciously or subconsciously. You know, sometimes we're, we don't even aware of how past pain and suffering has affected us in the present. It's better for us to deal with these things, to admit them, to realize that we have maybe a problem that we've carried from our past, maybe from our childhood um, and the burden that it has on us. It's better for us to admit this and to deal with it in some kind of, uh, whether it be with our father of confession, whether it be with counseling, whether it be with speaking with our close friends, in one way or the other to deal with these things, to help us to understand ourselves better, to realize maybe the reasons why we react the way that we do, maybe to understand the way that we feel and why we feel the way that we feel. Um, We shouldn't think that we are like too tough to deal with um, these situations or that, that we will not be negatively affected by them. Um, there's a, the example from the scripture where there was uh, 10 lepers um, and they came to Christ. And one of the lepers 
he, he said to Christ, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And then it says, then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I'm willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. This leprous man, obviously, he understood that his leprosy was not going to go away on its own. And so when he knew where Christ was, and he went to Christ, and he asked him, if you are willing, you can make me clean, right? If he had not gone to Christ, if he had not asked him, then he would have not have been cured of his leprosy, very simply, right? All those 10 people that went to Christ and asked to be healed of their leprosy, right? They were cleansed of their leprosy. And yet, um, if, if they had not done so, they would not have been cleansed. So he understood right? This man, this leprous man understood that he was not going to get better on his own. But sometimes we think that we are, we think that things are going to be fine on their own. And to some sense, maybe they are from the outside. You know, we, we, from the outside, we're able to function, we're able to have conversations, we're able to have relationships, but they're very, uh, they're very burdened by the, the things that are going on inside of us, the feelings that we have, the pain that we have, that's causing me not to be joyful, that's causing me to have struggles, maybe in my work, maybe with my friendships and my other relationships because of suffering that I've experienced in the past. So just as this leper would not have been healed had he not gone to Christ and he had not done some action to be healed, so also we need to take some action when we are going through suffering. We shouldn't just think that things are going to get better by themselves. The last point that I want to mention about um, obstacles for overcoming adversity is the lack of forgiveness. Um, we cannot truly be healed until we have forgiven those who have caused us pain. If someone has the source of pain that I've experienced, um, or if we uh, attribute the fault to God and blame him for whatever pain that I've experienced, we will never really be free from the pain and never really experience healing because we are still blaming someone outside of us. In Proverbs 10, it says, hatred stirs up strife but love covers all sins, right? This hatred that maybe I have in my heart toward whatever source of, of, of adversity exists in my life is something that's going to keep me from healing. Every time I think about, um, you know, whatever problem that I face, instead of looking for solutions, instead of looking for what I can do to overcome it, instead my mind goes toward those or to the circumstances or to God that I think are the source of the pain, the source of the problem. So it's important for us to be able to forgive and to not hold grudges against whatever the source of our adversity is so that we can move beyond it and begin to honestly face whatever I need to do in order to heal, right? This man, uh, he was there for 38 years. He was not forward looking, right? He was not looking ahead of what is it that I can do he was always just seeing himself in this situation, never being able to move beyond it. Okay, so in conclusion, we spoke about seven different um, points of what are some of the obstacles to overcoming adversity. The first one was lack of motivation, that he felt like he didn't really feel motivated to change his situation. He didn't have a plan of what to do in order to overcome it. He was making excuses and blaming it on other people going into the pool before him. He was afraid of what his life might look like if he was healed. He wasn't seeking help from anyone. He wasn't thinking that things, or he was thinking that things might just get better on their own. There was, I'm not willing to put any effort in order to overcome adversity. And so I'm not going to take any action. And then finally, lack of forgiveness. 
that we should be always seeking to forgive other people that are the source of our pain or, or even God. We should not be blaming God if we feel that he is the source of our pain. And glory be to God forever. Amen.